For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today is part two um, of last week's show. Uh, my guest was just so delightful and interesting, and we only got through part of her story, so I invited her to come back. Um, her name is Dolly Kyle. Her book is called Hillary, the Other Woman, a Political Memoir. Now, um, Dolly, it was the first love, and I suspect the continuing uh, love of former President Bill Clinton, whom she met when she was 11 years old and he was 12 on a golf course in Arkansas. And um, if you did not hear last week's show, you, you can find it, of course, on the archives uh, on Voice America. And if you did hear it, <laughs> great, you're, you're probably uh, dying to hear. It's like a soap opera, right, Dolly? <laughs> I'm afraid so, and I wrote no short stories, only novels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so you know it's it's interesting. Um, I was in I was doing a little research for today, and um, I saw there's an article that I I found it in one newspaper, but I'm sure it's been there have been many instances of this where people are bringing uh, your book to Trump campaign rallies and holding it up. Did you see the picture of the one that I no, saw? The woman? I did, no, I oh, didn't know that. There's a picture of a woman holding up your book. Um, in, you know, she's in the, in the audience of his rally. So it's wow. very cool. <laughs> very that is cool. cool. I do know that um, Trump has had the book since, well, just about since it was released, um, and I don't know if he personally read it, but I think he had someone probably read it and summarize it for him. Uh, it, it does seem as if he may have used some of the material, which is fabulous with me, because that's the reason it's out there is for people to know. Uh, or it could be just coincidental. But it's, it's also, I guess, that the book is so timely, and there is nothing that happens in the news on any given day that isn't, already foreshadowed in the book, predicted in the book, or, you know, past his prologue, as, as you well know. So um, there's, there's nothing really new with the Clintons. They're still doing the same stuff they've done forever. They're just doing it on a grander scale, and more people are falling for it. But I, well, yeah, I hope it that, shows like this, yeah, are helping people to get, one of the get a things clue. That, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. You know, um... It's so frustrating to me, uh, a, an admitted uh, Trump supporter. Uh, it's so frustrating to me 
that um, all these things are coming out, like your book, and of course we're going to get into more of, I mean, now we're going to be starting, well, you're going to be sort of um, giving a little synopsis of, of last week's um, show, the early part of your relationship, but then we're going to get on to the later years, which of course show uh, even more about Hillary, but it, it just kind of boggles my mind that your book is out there. I had someone on this show a few weeks ago talking about uh, Deception, the book about Benghazi and how Hillary was, um, after the attack, she spent two hours not trying to send help, but instead trying to figure out uh, how they could blame it on the video, the um, video about Muhammad that nobody had seen up until that point. There were like 405 people who had seen it on YouTube. So all mm-hmm. these different things are coming out. And um, I just, you know, in the media, in the meantime, is just paying attention, trying to find fault with everything that Trump does. And these things um, are, are not coming out enough, to, or they're not paying attention to it enough. It should, be, it should be getting more attention. Let's put it that way. Today I saw something on Twitter that, um, where someone had, and I don't remember who, but someone had posted um, an article that was up there of four people who the Clintons have, um, uh, have been, where there is strong suspicion, let's put it that way, that the Clintons had them killed. I'm sure you know all about this. Tell well, us about this. There's a lot this. more than four, sure. Well, yeah, I know. It only, but there was one that was really recent. Um, Actually, and, there, there are five recent deaths, three of which I think are suspicious. Yeah, tell us about it. Mm, well, the one was John Ash, the president of the U.N., who was scheduled to testify against Hillary in a few days, and he died I believe in his home, and the first report was that he had a heart attack, and then it said, well, no, actually he was lifting weights and the barbell dropped across his throat and killed him, which reminds me of so many television shows I've seen. I think there was a Columbo like that and, you know, various uh TV crime shows where that happened. So here's the deal. Maybe he had a heart attack and then he dropped the thing on his throat. <laughs> could happen. <laughs> could happen. I mean, it could happen. Yeah. And then the other one uh, was one of her, one of Hillary's aides who had been, let's see, what was he involved with her um, IT, which IT stands for, Internet Technology, whatever. He was uh, one of her techie people and I guess could have testified about some of the email information. And he was walking home from his girlfriend's house at 4.15 in the morning and was shot in the back in an apparent robbery in which his wallet and money and watch were not taken. Hmm. So what was the other one? There was one more before John Ash, anyway, fairly recently. But... Here's the thing. I I don't know if we talked about this last week. Uh, the Clinton death list is something people ask me about all the time. Uh-huh. And no, we didn't talk 50, about it. Yeah, well, there's about 50 names on there, and I do address this in my book. Um, I guess I address just about everything in there at some little bit of length. And every All my chapters are about four to six pages. They're not very long, but they're enough to 
bring people an understanding of the various issues that the Clintons have acted like they're so complicated. But the death list has a lot of names on there. It's just baloney. Um, there's no way those people were murdered by the Clintons, their sycophants, or anyone else. But the Clintons have used this death list to intimidate people. Um, a copy of it was put on Linda Tripp's desk when she came back home, back from lunch one day when she was working at the White House. Uh, this was during the Monica Lewinsky scandal, and there was a copy of that given to Monica Lewinsky herself. So my theory, and I talk about this in the book, is that the Clintons latched onto this death list and probably added names to it themselves because this is one of their truth suppression techniques, which I talk about in Chapter 50, but they have various ways of making the truth go away, one of them is to set up straw men. So let's say there's 100 names on the list and 85 of them are bogus, but 15 bear some serious investigation. The Clintons can knock down 75 or 80 names and then just poo-poo the whole list. Uh And that's one of the things they do. Now, uh, I said that analogy, oh, I don't know, a week or so ago, and then someone tweeted that I said 15 of those should be, I was just a hypothetical with the number, doing easy math. Mm -hmm. However, there probably are a good dozen of those um, that really bear investigation. Of course, I don't think that will ever happen, but there is no statute of limitation on murder, so Mm -hmm. um, it, it could be interesting. It would be certainly a good cold case files kind of uh, investigation, but again, that's not going to happen. I mean, look what NBC just did. Um, What? They finally, well, Andrea Mitchell had followed up with Juanita Broderick back in January or so. Juanita Broderick, for your listeners who don't know, is a wonderful, wonderful woman from Arkansas who was raped by Billy Clinton in 1978 when he was Attorney General running for governor. And Juanita didn't talk about that until many years later. Then Lisa Myers of NBC did this incredibly intense interview with her, which can be seen in part on YouTube now. And anyone with eyes, ears, and half a brain can see that Juanita is telling the truth. Well, Andrea Mitchell of NBC, followed up with Juanita last January and concluded there was nothing new, so she didn't do anything with it. But then in May of this year, just two months ago, Andrea Mitchell said on the whatever that morning show is that NBC has, mentioned Juanita Broderick and said that her rape story had been discredited, Hmm. which is not true. So Juanita, Juanita's son, who's a lawyer, said, you know, Mom, you've got to get this straightened out because by saying your story is discredited, Andrea Mitchell and NBC are calling you a liar. Uh-huh. So they sent a letter demanding that NBC apologize and retract it. So what NBC did the other day very quietly on a Friday, I think, which is, you know, your dead news day, um, just took the word discredited out of the online version of the story. And... Hmm. Both uh, Catherine Prudhomme O'Brien and I were on Howie Carr's radio show here in Boston 
last Friday, maybe. Yeah, Friday. And we were talking about that, and Catherine and I both said, you know, that's not right. If NBC called her a liar, in essence, at whatever, 7.30 in the morning on the Today Show, yeah, that's the uh-huh. name of it, yeah. uh, then they should apologize and retract it at 7.30 yes. in the morning on the Today Show. Yes. Not just do this little snide, sniveling retraction online with one word. And so um, I sent a tweet out today with an article that was done by WMD, World Net Daily, and I said NBC must apologize. And that's getting a little bit of social media traction. But they must. Mm. But, yeah, well, you know, they well, don't want some- to. They if are they are a lawyer. Wait, why why aren't they I mean I think they need to sue NBC to get attention from them. I mean to get them to do something. Well, you and I are on the same page and I said that to Juanita. You know Juanita is oh gosh, such a lovely, gentle southern woman who never wanted to be in the spotlight. This rape devastated her. It was a horrible thing in her life. And here it is back again. But Juanita saw that same video that I saw where Hillary Clinton said, women who've been raped and sexually assaulted should be believed. And that went all over Juanita just like it did all Mm. over me. Mm. And um, Mm. Juanita sent a tweet out. I didn't know her until recently and we met via Twitter and then we've talked on the phone. And we're going to meet Someday, halfway between her home and, and mine in Arkansas, and uh, and get together. But this is a very credible woman, uh, and and she just it was just the last straw when she heard that. And she told me she didn't really know how to tweet or anything. And she's probably spent twenty minutes. She said getting her first tweet out, and it went mm-hmm. crazy viral because oh, she wow. said she was raped by Billy Clinton in nineteen seventy eight, and it never goes away. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hmm. Well, okay, Let why don't we um, go back to where we were, where we left off. Um, my guest is Dolly Kyle. Her book is called Hillary, the Other Woman, a memoir. And, um, if, um, okay, well, maybe why don't I do a, just a, a quick recap, and then yeah. we'll maybe take take up the rest of it after it's probably time for a break pretty soon. So do you want to do that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. The fast version. I met Billy when I was 11. He was 12. We became friends. We dated in high school. We became more and more friendly in high school, but we did not go steady, and we did not have a sexual relationship at that time. We went to college in different states, but we maintained our communications And then in 1974, 15 years after we met, we began our adult relationship, as I call it, where we actually did have a sexual relationship. And at that time, he was seeing me, he was seeing Marla Kreider at the University of Arkansas, and Hillary in Washington, plus who knows how many women elsewhere. And again, all that's in the book in some detail, plus it's on our talk from last week. So um, I met Hillary in 1974. Billy and Hillary married in 75. He ran for attorney general in 76. And at that time, I had not spoken to him in two years because of, of the betrayal of 
his mentor, Bill Fulbright, Senator Bill Fulbright, back in 1974. Long story on that, actually worth the read. And um, let me mention that someone can go online to Amazon.com and look inside the book and read the forward in the first several chapters and, and get all that part of it freebie if they uh-huh. want to. Uh, so anyway, we, we get up to 1976. Billy was elected Attorney General, and even though I had not seen him in a couple of years, um, he had written to my husband at the time saying, tell Dolly to call me when she's in Little Rock, and we talked about how odd that was. But, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> in my dysfunctional little world, I didn't even realize it was odd. But I did in 1977 go see Billy, and it turned out to be, it was August 16th, 1977, an easy date to remember because that's the day Elvis died. And I went that morning to Billy's office, the Attorney General's office, because he wanted me to see where he was working and meet his secretary and his fellow workers. And so that was when we reconnected the day Elvis died. How prophetic, huh. because... Billy was a huge fan of Elvis, and we used to drive around in high school listening to Elvis songs and singing mm. together on the radio. Mm. You know, oh, I just hear the music now. We do have to take a break. Well, I guess that was good timing. One of the things, maybe when we come back, you can talk about um, the high school reunion because you, you mentioned that uh, he caused such a scene between the two of you when uh, at your high school reunion. Well, my sure, guest, and during the break, I need to ask you a question. Okay, sure. My guest is Dolly Kyle. Her book is called Hillary, the Other Woman, a Political Memoir. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today with Dolly Kyle. She is the author of Hillary, The Other Woman, a political memoir. And that was just released, perfect timing, of course, with the campaign. And before the break, um, we started to talk about high school because I know that there's, um, you write in your book about uh, the high school reunion. People had, last week when you were on the show, you were talking about how um, you had a premonition and it, people in high school thought um, that he was going to be president. He, he had decided he wanted to be president and he had that kind of charisma and so on. So what happened at your high school reunion? Okay, this was at the 30th high school reunion. Our class has reunions every five years. And in 94, um, that was two years after the 92 presidential campaign in which the reporter who got the Jennifer Flowers story and published it in Star Magazine contacted me, and he had my story. Uh, I didn't talk to him, but I called Billy to warn him that this story was out there. And the the short version of that is that my own brother, who was campaigning with Billy, and I could hear Billy in the background, but uh, my brother conveyed the message to me from Billy, if you cooperate with the media, we will destroy you. Hmm. So I hadn't spoken to him since then. And so that's the background for the high school reunion in the summer of 1994. Um, Billy came in. Of course, he was the big star of the show. That's fine. But he kept coming over to where I was. I kept walking away. I would just turn and go somewhere else. And that, by the way, is all corroborated in a story in Newsweek magazine, if you can believe it, (laughs) that Uh Mike Isikoff did way back. Anyway, so Billy finally managed to accost me at the reunion on the dance floor when I was dancing with someone else, and then Billy reached out and touched my forearm and very gently said in a condescending voice, How are you? And it just made me so mad, like he cared. And so I just turned around and I said, You are such an asshole, I can't believe you'd bother to ask. And the minute he said, Asshole, the Secret Service guy reached out to grab me, and Billy put up his left arm and blocked the guy from getting me, and he said, we have to talk. I said, I have nothing to say to you. And the bottom line of that was that we ended up sitting together side by side in the ballroom at the Arlington Hotel where we had had our senior prom. Not together, by the way. Billy and I did not have a date that night until after the prom. But anyway, we sat there, I don't know how long, 30, 45 minutes, maybe an hour, in front of God and everybody. Mm-hmm. Everyone saw us. But no one could have possibly overheard the conversation. So no uh-huh. one knew what happened. Well, fast forward three years when I was subpoenaed to testify in the Paula Jones sexual harassment case, um, I testified truthfully, of course, and talked about my relationship with Billy and the fact that 
he was a sex addict and had admitted to me that he was a sex addict. We talked about that quite seriously. So that was an important piece of the Jones lawyer's case to show why Billy Clinton, as governor, would have made such a crude advance on a young state employee as to unzip his pants and expose himself and tell her to kiss it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it would take something like a sex addict to do something so mm-hmm. bizarre and inappropriate, to say the least. Anyway, so two months after I was deposed in the Jones case, Billy was deposed in the Jones case. And in his deposition, he was asked about me. You know, the, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Dolly Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, he did that number, but in, in addition to that, he submitted under oath in the Jones case a page and a half of handwritten notes describing what happened at the high school reunion in his version, huh. which was not true. And he, he said that he tried to be nice to me in high school, you know, like I was a pitiful, ugly girl <laughs> that nobody talked to or something. And then he had Marcia Scott, who was his aide, the one who famously has sex with him every Christmas as her Christmas present to him. Uh, Marcia Scott added about a half a page of her own notes saying that she stood there right beside us and listened to every word we said. Uh. Okay? So then you know that there were, I don't know, three, four hundred people, a lot of people in the room who saw it that night. So when I called him a liar and, and said on a national television program that making that statement was perjury. It was suborning perjury, getting Marcia Scott to do it. It was witness tampering and obstruction of justice. At that yeah. point, the FBI contacted me, and they sent people to Dallas to interview me at some length, and they followed up on everything I did. And then they interviewed about 40 people in Hot Springs who still lived in Hot Springs who had been at the reunion all of whom told the same story. Billy and I sat there and talked. No one could have overheard it. No uh-huh. one. Between the music and there was no one standing there, and this yellow-haired woman, who I guess was Marcia Scott, came up during the conversation once and asked you know, a brief question, and he shooed her away. Three of the people at the reunion, all friends of Billy's, all filed affidavits saying, Exactly what I said. No one could have overheard the conversation. So the combination of Billy's handwritten notes and his sworn testimony that were lies and then my testimony and these affidavits of people who were there clearly set out. He, He perjured himself. He suborned perjury. He was tampering with witnesses and obstructing justice. And that is the reason that Dave Shippers, the chief investigative counsel for the Clinton impeachment, was going to call me as the chief prosecution witness. All the proof was right there under oath in Billy's own handwriting. Done. Hmm. Hmm. Except, of course, that that Congress was too cowardly to have a trial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what was, and so you were in the, at the reunion, in the, conversation, he was talking to you about uh, trying to get you to not tell certain things that you knew about him? Was that No, 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 no. No, none of that. None of that was, um, he didn't ask me to do that at all. But what was pertinent about the conversation was the fact that it existed, it was 
30 minutes to an hour, it was not overheard by anyone else, and that he lied about me under oath. Oh, and also in my Jones deposition, which people can see online, by the way, if they want to, that Billy's own lawyer established that we had a long-term sexual relationship that was consensual. Um, some of Billy's handwritten letters to me over the decades were also appended to that deposition. I mean, it was so clear that he was lying. And um, that was the thing. So the substance of the conversation ranged, as you might expect, from my being angry because he didn't return my phone calls when uh, I called to warn him about the Star Magazine article that might come out and that he had threatened to destroy me. Um, and we, we talked about a lot of things, none of which are totally relevant to what happened. It was, it was a conversation between two people who had known each other a very long time and had some issues to discuss. Okay, but um, his threat to destroy you was if you gave certain information, if you testified at the Paula Jones deposition. No, and- no, no. The threat to destroy me was in January of 1992 when he was in New Hampshire, and that was an immediate reaction to my call to say the Star yes. Magazine has this story. Yes, but what that, he was going to destroy you if you did what? Cooperated with the media. And told Those them, were the words. If you cooperate with the media, but, but we will destroy fr- you. Okay, but what was he afraid of you co- saying to the media? The truth that we had a relationship. Just, you know, as Jennifer Flowers had said, they had a relationship. Oh, so in other words, he didn't want you telling anybody at all that you had any kind of a relationship other than exactly. friends. Exactly, and, and that was, you know, what is it, 80% of conversation in a family is nonverbal? Um, the, the, very, the very words, if you cooperate with the media, uh-huh. mean telling the story. Now, after the high school reunion, we ended up with a deal. Um, because I told Billy at that reunion, one of the things I said was that my novel was finished. And I had been working on that novel for nearly 10 years. And he knew it, and he had always encouraged my writing. In fact, on the back, of my, on the back cover of my book is a quote from Billy saying, Dolly, you're a great writer. <laughs> Don't ever censor anything you might want to say about us. And um, I didn't. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so about, let's see, the reunion was in July, and very shortly thereafter, Bruce Lindsay, Billy's right-hand guy, called my sister, who uh, had been, well, friends with Bruce Lindsay and Billy for a long time, and said, we want to we wanna cut a deal with your sister about marketing this book. And so that's when we went into a bit of a negotiation about what I could say when I was marketing my book that would not incur their wrath. And what we agreed to was that I would not use the A words, I would not say adultery or affair, um, that I could say that Billy Clinton and I had um, a long-term relationship, which from time to time included sex, but that I wouldn't give any specific dates so that someone could 
presume if they wanted to that it was only while we were single or something like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then the bottom line of the deal was this. They, I would not tell the truth about Billy if he and his people would not tell any lies about me. Uh-huh. That was the deal. And so I said, well, how are we going to know this deal is in place? And, and Bruce and Billy came up with this deal and to corroborate it. And I think Aaron, Ann Gerhardt of the Washington Post, who wrote the page six column, may have been the first news journalist I know who followed through on this. But uh, she called me and I said, look, just call Bruce Lindsay at the White House to find out about my relationship with Billy Clinton. And she said, well, they'll just deny it. And I said, no, they will say, quote, the White House will have no, uncom- will have no comment, unquote. And she said, well, that's a denial. And I said, well, just call Bruce Lindsay and see what you get. Mm-hmm. So she called Bruce Lindsay at the number I had given, you know, they gave to me to give to anyone. And she called Bruce Lindsay, and she called me back in a few minutes. She said, oh, my gosh. He said, quote, the White House will have no comment, unquote. <laughs> I said, yeah, I know, I told you that. And she says, but I mean, they used the words quote and unquote. I mean, obviously, you have some kind of a deal. Oh, my gosh, this is news. <laughs> and she was all excited about it. And I said, well, let me just say this, Anne. If I had a deal, I'm sure that part of the spirit of the deal would involve not saying that I had a deal. So I'm not saying I have a deal. Uh-huh. <laughs> and huh. then she said, this is front page news. This isn't page six. So I said, well, you talk to your front page guy. But what I didn't realize was that behind the scenes, the Clintons were already breaking the deal. Hmm. Silly me. Can you believe I actually believed they would keep it? Hmm. I mean, really? I did. I thought, I'm going to be very careful about this. I'm not going to use the A words. I'm not going to give any specific dates. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to try to market my novel because... You know, as I said last week, I started as a therapeutic journal. It turned into a novel, which was a good story, even if it hadn't been based on the truth. And so, anyway, I I just, I I was going along on the assumption that everything was fine, because every journalist who called the White House and got Bruce Lindsay got the same story. Quote, the White House will have no comment, unquote. Mm-hmm. And that very clearly was a deal. But, um, and I didn't know at the time, but it was Sidney Blumenthal, the sniveling sycophant Sidney Blumenthal, the one who provided Hillary with that YouTube video for Benghazi, you know, the one who was banned from working in the State Department by Barack Obama, but the one who the Clinton Foundation hired to be Hillary's advisor for her State Department work, that same Sidney Blumenthal is friends with Jane Mayer at the New Yorker magazine, planted a completely false story about me in the New Yorker magazine. What's the problem with that? Every publisher in New York reads it. And so I was disparaged in this article, and ultimately I ended up finding Whoops, are you still there? Yes. Well, I don't know what that was. Yeah, um, I don't know. Well, go ahead. Ultimately, you ended up filing. Ultimately, I filed a lawsuit against Jane Mayer, the New Yorker, Billy Clinton. This was a RICO suit. Billy's lawyers, 
half a dozen people. I did not know Sidney Blumenthal's role at the time, or I would have sued him too. But um, he keeps popping up every time there's devious things going on. Mm -hmm. But it turns out, then, that Jane Mayer was married to the editor of the Washington Post. And so although the Post had already sent a reporter to Dallas to interview me, that story, instead of going on the first page, was turned into a fluff piece that they printed in the Sunday supplement. Hmm. Hmm. So, anyway, that is alluded to in Chapter 47 of my book, Media Magic, or How to Make a Story Disappear. <laughs> and this, <laughs> yeah, this is what we deal with after Chapter 46, the big problem. And the big problem is that the problem is so big, no one can wrap their minds around how two people have done so many things that are so wrong and so criminal for so many years without going to prison. And I address that. Well, yeah. I mean, yes, that's like what I was um, getting at when I was talking about the people that that suspiciously died and so on. Um, Mm -hmm. I know. Well, yeah. now, um, now you, I know we just mentioned this last time, um, but just for people who didn't hear that, um, you, your novel was loosely based. I mean, it was, it was truth, but sort of the names, I mean, the names were yeah, changed well, to, pro- to protect, as it says in the novel, names were changed to protect the guilty. No one was innocent. Uh-huh. And... Uh, the novel's set in Mississippi, not Arkansas. The names are changed. You can figure it out. But I consolidated a lot of characters. And here's the thing. The, the novels it turned into a trilogy because it is a long story. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now we need to take a break. The music is just telling us that. But we will get back to this long story when we come back. Uh, my guest is Dolly Kyle. Her book is called Hillary, the Other Woman. Uh, a political memoir. Now, that's the book that just came out, and that is not a novel. This book is very serious. <laughs> it's uh, Hillary, the Other Woman, a Political Memoir. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with Dolly Kyle, whose new book has just come out. Uh, recently, we this is part two. Part one of the interview is uh, last week's show. Um, her book is called Hillary, the Other Woman, a Political Memoir. Now, I have a hard question for you. I'm sure you may have been asked this before, although I don't know so bluntly. But remember, <laughs> I remember I put you on my couch last week, too. What about, what do you say to people who say these writings, whether it's this serious memoir or the novels, the trilogy, that really this is just a woman scorned? And, and you know, maybe you think these things are true, but, but it's really just from your eyes because you're a woman scorned. Because in the end, even though he was madly in love with you, he married Hillary for the reasons that we <laughs> talked about last time. <laughs> If anyone thinks that I would have preferred to be married to a serial rapist and sexual abuser for the last 45 years, you've got another thought coming, bub. No way. Uh, no, I, I am not a woman scorned, and I think anyone who reads the book can see the tone of it. And it, No, I mean, that's just nonsense. It, it's totally well, nonsense. People- and, I, and, and, and the other thing is people say, oh, you're just doing it for the money. To which I respond, I want everyone to read the book to the point that if someone cannot afford to buy even the Kindle version, which is on sale for seven ninety nine, contact me through my website, dollykyle.com, and I will send you the money to purchase the Kindle book. Okay? There you go. Yeah. It's not about the money. I want everyone to read this. People need to know about the Clintons. There is absolutely nothing false about my book. There's nothing false about my motives. Read chapter one to see why I did this. And know that if, if you had been raped ever, if, if anyone had been raped and then called a liar or denigrated or, or attacked the way Hillary has attacked these women, and then to see her on television say women who've been raped and sexually assaulted should be believed, that is an affront to everyone who has ever been sexually molested in any way, and I will not put up with that. I am not a woman scorned, but I am scornful of anyone who would act that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And which is kind of ironic because, um, of course, so much of her uh, supporters, so many of her supporters, so much of her support comes from women who are, you know, so... Um, who wants so much to have a woman in the White House that it could be any woman. Well, exactly, and, and I just can't understand that. I mean, it, voting for Hillary because she's a woman is like 
eating a little poo-poo because it looks like a Tootsie Roll. I mean, come on. <laughs> this woman has done nothing. And I challenge, I challenge Hillary and her supporters to come up with one thing she has ever actually accomplished, not even on her own, but she's been riding Billy's coattails. I mean, as Secretary of State, she traveled about a million miles, and all she did was leave death and destruction in her wake and horrible feelings toward the United States from everyone around the world. I mean, what did she accomplish? Nothing. And as senator, she promised 200,000 new jobs in upstate New York. Well, I just spent a week in upstate New York. And let me tell you something. It's no better now than it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, she, she tells these stories and then she lies and then her people believe it. Um, and I know a lot of yellow dog Democrats who won't even listen to anything I have to say. And I don't know if your people know what yellow dog Democrat is. It's someone who's such a Democrat, they'd vote for anyone on the Democrat ticket, even if it was a yellow dog. But <laughs> they don't want to hear the truth. And here's what I say. A person cannot have information and integrity and vote for Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. If you have integrity, if you're a person of integrity and you're thinking about voting for Hillary Clinton, it's because you do not have information. And if you have this information about Hillary and you're going to vote for her, I'm sorry, people. You've got to take another look on your integrity scale. Now, let me ask you about, um, and, and, you know, I was saying about, obviously, I was, I, I was talking about suing, and obviously if there was something in your book, in your current book, um, Hillary the Other Woman, um, you, you by now would have had a lawsuit, you know, quicker than he could be printing out the. Uh, oh no! You know, oh no! 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 Because of the seventeen Clinton truth suppression techniques that I have in Chapter Fifty, the first one, which is where they are now, is ignore. So even if I had put a lie in that book. They would not sue me because that would give me attention. What they are doing is keeping NBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, all of those alphabet soup people from talking to me. The last thing they want is a lawsuit against me. Hmm. No way. No possible hmm. way. That would, be, well, actually, you'd think that would be automatic uh, news, except that when I filed that RICO, the Racketeering Influenced Corrupt Organizations, federal lawsuit against Billy Clinton's sitting president and a half a dozen of his Clinton crime cartel people. He filed a motion saying that he shouldn't be sued because he's a sitting president, didn't have time to deal with it, blah, blah, blah. The district court said, sorry, Mr. President, you have to deal with this. He took that to the federal appeals court. The federal appeals court said, sorry, Mr. President, you have to deal with this. And then he took it to the United States Supreme Court, which also ruled in my favor, and said he had to answer and deal with that lawsuit. Okay? Now, and what happened with it? That's kind of news, isn't it? Yeah. Lisa Myers, the same NBC reporter, and Lisa Myers is fabulous. I can't say anything negative about her. Great woman. Called me. She wanted to set up an, a, a interview, an interview on the steps of the federal courthouse in Washington, D.C., where I was at that time. And she called me the night before, and she said, Dolly, we have to cancel the interview tomorrow about the Clinton lawsuit. And I said, oh, why? Again, this is so silly, Carol, but I said, why, is it going to be raining? 
uh-huh. picture us standing on the steps and it's raining, so we're not uh-huh. going to do it. She said to me, no, the NBC higher-ups nixed it. Huh. So that's also in Chapter 47, The Media Magic, How to Make a Story Disappear. So, so you see, so if how I did win it? in the United States Supreme Court, yeah. NBC does not consider that to be news. That is that is going to be conveyed to the American public who has no clue. So what did happen with the lawsuit? Eventually, the judge who had been appointed immediately after his graduation from Howard University Law School, by, appointed by Lyndon Johnson, who ruled against me at every chance, uh, eventually just dismissed the suit. Wrongfully, I can say, it was... You know, but that's pretty much what I expected because he was another Clinton sycophant and he dragged it out long enough and there was so little news about it that by the time it died, it died not even a whimpering little death, Hmm. just Hmm. done, just over. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Are we having fun yet? (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, you have all these uh, really... Fascinating stories. It's just kind of, I mean, it would be fun if it was uh, not true. It would be fun if it wasn't so sad that this is happening in America. Yeah, it'd be it'd, it'd be a lot better if it were someone else's life than mine. <laughs> but no, I, I wouldn't wish this on anyone else. But you know what? Uh, it, we all know this. What what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, you know, when something bad happens, you can choose to be bitter or you can become better. And I have just tried to make the very best of this. You know, the, the mm-hmm. cliche, trying to make some lemonade out of these lemons. And that's not about trying to make money here. Again, people can get the book free if they need it, if they can't afford seven ninety nine. But people need to know this, and they need to look at Chapter 46. All the other chapters, as I said, are like four, five, six pages long. Really good little stuff, too, i got to say, if I wrote it myself. It's good. But chapter 46 is 12 pages long because it is an alphabetical list of the Clinton scandals and the people with whom they dealt that need to be investigated further. And I just put it in there, really intending people to just skim through it and think, when is this going to be over, and have their eyes gloss over to get an idea of the breadth and the depth Uh of this problem. It's just enormous. It is enormous and uninvestigated. I can't believe it's the United States of America sometimes. It's like they were dictators in the third world country. But, you know, when Hillary had those FBI files taken, 900 of them, in 1993, when they first got into the White House, that set the tone, and that is why I call Hillary a terrorist. A terrorist achieves a political aim through threats, violence, and intimidation. Hillary's been doing that since we talked about Marla Kreider and her notes being shredded back in 1974. Hillary Scissorhands has destroyed every bit of evidence that she could destroy that would in any way implicate her in any of these crimes and criminal activities with the sole purpose of getting into the White House. So when those 900 FBI files were taken... We didn't get an alphabetized list of whose names were there, did we? No. So everyone in Washington or New York or anywhere who has a big secret, and they're a congressman, a senator, a judge, a lobbyist, a big donor, whatever, 
they don't know. And, you know, that guilty conscience thing is tick-tocking in their back uh-huh. of their minds, and they're thinking, whoa, the Clintons have got the dope on me. So then when it comes time huh. for the impeachment or anything else, where are these people with a spine who will stand up to the Clintons? They are nowhere because they're scared about what's in the FBI files. And that's why, Carol, I put some most, all, probably all of my dirty laundry in the book, not in a salacious way, but I'm saying, you know, these are the things I did. This is where uh-huh. I was wrong. Yes, I was wrong. I've repented. I don't live like this anymore. And guess what, Clintons? You can't blackmail me because I've already uh-huh. put it out there. Uh-huh. They've got uh-huh. nothing on me. You're and talking that's about- the scary thing. They you're they talk- know they've got nothing on me. Uh huh. You're talking about what you t- what you you're talked about last week. Um, I mean, you're referring to what you talked about last week about his having a sex addiction and your um, uh, being in a relationship with him. Well, that and a whole lot of other things, marriages and divorces and all the things that I went through. Yeah, it's all out there. It's like there's no big secret. But here's the thing: if someone hears oh, you know, she's really a drug addict, alcoholic, you can't trust anything she says. Well, I didn't say I was a drug addict and alcoholic because guess what? I'm not, I never have been, never even smoked a cigarette. That's not my addiction, okay? So if you read something about me that's really bad and it's not in my book, it's a lie. (laughs) Well, that was very smart um, so that there really isn't anything that they can hold over you. Well, you know, uh, I, I, have, I usually say something to counteract the, uh, you know, the bimbo thing. I'm not a blonde bimbo. I graduated in class of 64 with Billy Clinton, who's two years older than I am, because I skipped two grades. I went to law school as a single mom with three kids under the age of eight. I passed the Texas bar exam before I graduated from law school. And... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just smarter than the average bear. That's what God gave me, okay? I can't say I've done wonderful things with it, but, you know, being intelligent is something you're born with, and then what you do with it is up to you. Yeah. But um, but I, I am no bimbo, and the other thing is, I don't lie about this. After all I went through to get through law school with three children and pass the bar, three weeks into my first legal job, I quit over an ethics issue. Okay. Yes, and I think that that says a lot. Um, Yes, I'm glad that you brought that up. I mentioned that at the beginning of the first part last week, but I'm glad that you, uh, for the people who who didn't hear that um, yet or um, who need to be reminded, yes, um, she is very smart and she is very uh, ethical and um, the, she's not doing this for any of the reasons that, uh, the negative reasons that might, that some people might want to ascribe to her. Well, I want to make sure I give out um, Dolly's uh, website, which is dollykyle.com, D-O-L-L-Y-K-Y-L-E.com. And also you can buy this book from, of course, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and the publisher, WND. So please go and do that. Uh, I hope we whetted your appetite. Dolly, thank you so much for coming back on. This is a, a, the gift that keeps on giving, your story. <laughs> and, uh, 
and I just hope that people pay attention to it and, and what that means and, and uh, how it really, it's hard to believe that America would elect someone like that and put them in the White House. So thank you so much again, Dolly Kyle. Thank welcome. you all. Thank you all for listening. Again, if you missed part one, go check it out on the archives. And uh, thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.